and welcome back to another week of the Geek Whispers. I'm Amy Lewis. I'm Matt Brender. And I'm John Mark Troyer. And we are back with an incredibly special guest. First, I'm going to introduce you, and then I'm going to explain why this is such a special moment. So, Cecilia, can you introduce yourself? I'm Cecilia Taylor. And what do you do? I'm a social media manager, currently with 8x8 Incorporated uh, down in San Jose, California. And I am a social media manager in a fairly small department, but I've been in social for the last mm, six to eight years. And so now where I have to bring listeners in is why Cecilia is such a special guest for me is she is my, as I like to use the vampire lore, (laughs) she is my social sire. (laughs) So any... um, and not just me, but also Mike Turner, who uh, is my partner in crime over on the Solid Fire Handles. So any any um, all credit goes to Cecilia. All sins go to us. But uh, so thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. So our conversation started a couple of days ago when you pinged me and had a different perspective <laughs> on the prescribed tweet. And again. Because you're the person who taught me what I know. No one gets to tell me when I'm wrong or when you disagree more than you. <laughs> cool. I understand to the spirit of why you don't like prescribed tweets. Um, you know, when someone's sending you a tweet saying, okay, you need to send out this copy um, out of your own personal handle, it just seems a little forced and it seems inauthentic. Um, and I agree with you. I think that, you know, people should be able to provide their own commentary. They should be able to uh, speak intelligently to what they're sharing, because if you're going to share it, you should know at least something about it or you should be able to speak to it. However, um, it is a necessary evil in that there are some marketeers who don't always have the the time or, shall I say, desire to write copy for anything. Um, so they would rather it be spoon-fed. Um, so a line saying, you know, we're at this event or, you know, this particular article is of interest they, they don't want to come up with their own copy. And then when you put the, um, when you make it so that in order to send a tweet, you've got to do 140 characters, notwithstanding the you know, adjustments Twitter is making uh, towards lengths and character counts. When you're asking them to put their own thoughts and their own words into 140 characters, it becomes challenging. Uh, it's difficult to get a complete thought into what is in essence, two sentences. Um, so a lot of marketers would prefer if you just provide that copy for them. But Cecilia, uh, why don't we just let them struggle and, you know, <laughs> because or, or honestly, like make heroes of the brave, let the people that do it well rise to the top and the others, you know, honestly fail. <laughs> but see, we also need that brand amplification. We need more people to talk. We need more people who are sharing the message. Um, there will always be a dedicated few that will rise, that will uh, rise to the occasion and do a, do even better than what we could hope. Unfortunately, they're not in large numbers. So 
um, we reach out to those who are somewhat willing, if not as you know enthusiastic with the copy that they write. Um, we reach out to them to help to amplify the message. Brands cannot scale. It's just, it's one voice, no matter how many followers or how we grow these accounts, they, it's, it's one message. Yeah. I always, I always, Cecilia, I, I've only met you once, mm-hmm. I, but I've always known you were smarter than the average person and, uh, and uh, we're more right than Amy. Um, <laughs> the, I'm glad you're taking my side in, in this, uh, in this uh, discussion. But uh, I did want to ask, because um, I do think you need kind of a starter framework, and I think all we're really kind of arguing about is should it be like the actual words or just kind of a, a, temp, a framework mm-hmm. like, uh, like Gamey provides. But um, do, uh, I, I do kind of wanted to ask you about, you said mar- some marketers can't, don't know how to write copy or can't write copy or don't know what to write. I mean, don't you think that social is, is in the purview of everybody in the company? Like, aren't you getting this? These uh, hey, you might want to tweet about this out to uh, certainly everybody with a Twitter account, which is goes beyond the marketing department. Oh, well, absolutely. Um, I only speak to marketers because I think I have more of an expectation from marketing that they can write or will write. Um, even the so, marketers, in other words, need help. <laughs> even the marketers. Uh, I am thrilled when engineering support. Uh, when other groups are able to jump in and even if they say, Hey, I'm willing, you know, I'm, I'm pleased. Uh, and I have less, um, trouble really from other groups. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And we won't name names, but, but, but it, it, it's, you know, people say I'm busy. I don't know what to do. I don't have time for it in my schedule. I don't know what to do. So, so, you know, I, I I think that providing some framework uh, for a message to be sent, I think that I think it's I think it's still necessary. I think that as people use Twitter and social media more often on their own, as they become more engaged personally and as they start to respond, I think they mature. And when they mature, they no longer need those type of helps. They know they no longer need that type of framework as they mature as social citizens. Um, so it's like marketers first tweets. Right. They're like, Oh, they tweeted for the first time. Let's help them get to the next level. Yes. And I know that there are, there are platforms and tools that are out there that, uh, assist that. But, you know, I, I always specify and I always try to, uh, let people know that you should put these, these sentences in your own words, that you need to make this your own. It needs to be your own authentic voice rather than, you know, having everybody sending out the exact same message with the exact same copy. It's, it's not authentic. And we want them to, to strive for that. But in the meanwhile, we also want them to just kind of do it. <laughs> and this is a, uh... Why we both get along so famously and where we uh, took different tactics, because you can tell Cecilia mm-hmm. is unbelievably good at getting people to do uh, what she needs them to do by force of will, by tools. And I basically went out and menaced people. <laughs> but we uh, nothing to, wrong with. We go to war with the army we have, Amy. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. My joke was going to be nothing wrong with a little godfather tactic every now and then. Yes. <laughs> Perfect, perfect example. Um, 
I'm just, I'm, I'm newly converted to The Sopranos. So I'm, the minute I get off uh, the podcast, I'm going to go watch about 87 episodes. I'm, you so, make me so proud right now, Amy. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, back to the, the other conversation at hand. Mm-hmm. So once uh, Cecilia had given me um, the mentoring I still so value from you, uh, she had a question. And of course, made the cardinal mistake of getting anywhere near me when it was podcast guest time. And uh, so your question was, give me podcast 101 from that marketing perspective, because you have been doing some research and you haven't found all the how and the what. Um, So I was like, come on and, and ask us all the questions you've got and let's see if we can create some content that other people are interested in too. Wait, uh, can we take a quick step back? So, Cecilia, what's sure. your goal? Um, every now and then in marketing, uh, someone will approach you and say, hey, I think this would be a really great idea if we did this. And it becomes a uh, an objective to go out, let's do a podcast. Okay, uh, let me try it. <laughs> okay, now what? Okay, now what? Um, <laughs> and, of course, we need to buy this day which also happens to happen. Um, <laughs> so I, you know, I go to the interwebs first, always. And, you know, if you want to find out about podcasting, you go to people who've already done podcasts. True. Fact. And I, I went to the Geek West Whisperers website and I did a search looking for a podcast about podcasting. And I didn't, I didn't really find one, so I decided to ping Amy uh, to ask if maybe you had done one, and I just wasn't finding it because it was listed somewhere else. Um, and she said, hey, that's a great idea. <laughs> and Cecilia knows what that means. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the, the odd thing is there are no end of people who will tell you how to podcast, you oh, know, yes. for, both for free or, uh, you know, they'll, they'll charge you money. Uh, so there's all sorts of institutes and academies and, you know, things like that. So it's really not that hard, but um, it, there is a lot of, in fact, probably that's the proper, probably the problem, right? There's so much mm-hmm. noise out there. It's hard to tell what's the actual advice is. Right. And I think, I think that it's, you know, understanding, well, what do, what do I want to do? What, what do I ultimately want to get out of this podcast? What do other marketers or what do other people get, you know, what is the value? What benefits do you get out of podcasting? I'm not saying that there aren't. I just would like to know, you know, have a frame for, you know, I'm getting into this. What am I expecting or what should I be expecting? I definitely uh, think we should dive into it again, but I will say that it's again, back in good old podcast 13, we talked to uh, part of the crew from the Cloudcast, actually, Brian Grayson and Aaron Delt joined us, and we talked about, you know, kind of that podcasting about making podcasts and have some examples and some tools for people that want to do it themselves. I've talked to Aaron quite a bit since on some of the strategies of how they are doing the, you know, the day-to-day activities, and they're picking up some stuff from us, but I think your questions are still pretty dead on. We haven't answered them, so I'm, I'm ready when you are. I- John? Amy, we're ready? I think that's it. And thank you for remembering that. That's a great one to point back to. And this one's going to be a little bit more podcasting from a marketer's point of view. When somebody does come and say, let's kick this off, what are we going to do? 
So Cecilia, you've got some great questions, and I'm actually going to turn the mic over to you and let you ask the Geek Whispers the questions you've got. Okay. Um, so what does what are the essential elements of a podcast in terms of what should every you know episode feature or you know how does that how does that how do you set them up how does that work um wow let's can we roll it back a little bit <laughs> sorry uh, no. can we add, can, can we can we say why are, why are you podcasting in the first place what is a podcast good for maybe that's the first better first question okay not that that's a bad first question okay um, but, but what are podcasts like good job. for <laughs> oh, I'm going to podcast explain everybody yeah, here tonight. Podcast explaining so hard. <laughs> this is my thing. Um, so, so you've you've jumped to you've you've jumped to kind of like what's the concept for the podcast or what you know what components do you need? There are all sorts of podcasts out there, right? Mm-hmm. There are podcasts that are that are five or ten minutes long. There are podcasts that are daily. There are podcasts. There's one podcast called like History of Rome that's like. Two, it's like two hours long and only comes out once every year. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's now, he slowed down. He used to come out more often than that. But, you know, there are, so there are all sorts of podcasts. Um, there are Q&A podcasts. There are news podcasts. There are lots of comedy podcasts. There are podcasts that are really only good for the day that they're produced. There are podcasts that you could go back and listen to years later. So, I mean, there's, there are, I mean, podcasting is a, a word that just kind of describes the, basically kind of how the tubes of how it gets gets to something it's you know on-demand audio content uh in fact now but now there are podcasts that are on demand and only streamed and and mm-hmm. uh, audible and spreaker and others are, are starting to stream podcasts um so uh podcasting is uh, and there are people who don't like the word podcast but it's what we have so there are all sorts of podcasts and I, so i think maybe the be- the better question is to step back and this is what i meant if i sorry if i sounded kind of splainy but uh, this you know to step back and ask what are you trying to do with your this corporate podcast or this or, or non-corporate podcast that you're trying to do, right? A podcast is great because it is very intimate, right? You are talking directly into somebody's ear. Uh, it is very personable. People listen to this podcast, one, because they are interested in the topics that we talk about, and they're probably in the tech business of, uh, at some level and industry at some level. But, um, but also because they like the people, right? You don't you listen to podcasts. There's some podcasts I don't listen to because I really don't gel with the people. There are other podcasts that talk about almost nothing, but it's kind of like sitting and talking, listening to some friends talk in a cafe for an hour. So I just turn them on while I'm working because I like them. So it's a very it's a very personal channel, but it can't be. But it's a channel that's on demand, starts slow, grows organically, and uh, can't has to be in conjunction with other channels, right? Because there are a set of people who will never listen to a podcast. So it can't be your sole channel to market. So you've got to kind of, those are the first set of questions that I usually talk about when I talk about why, why a new podcast. I don't know. Uh, Amy, Matt, uh, is, that a, is that a good place to start our conversation? I love it. And I actually wanted to throw one question out there um, to sort of tack on to Cecilia's original question. Does Do people here think that if a podcast is is so... Focused. If it's it basically, if it's nothing but marketing speak, is it destined to fail? Especially in our space. I, I think it raises the the right question of know your audience. Like who who are you targeting with this information? Um, and you know, prepare to change that. Let's uh, let's be honest. That when we built the Geek Whispers, it was targeted towards marketers who were trying to talk to technical technical people, and we found that 
the technical people are the ones that want to listen to us. So we kept talking to them and kind of pivoted the podcast. So um, it's really a dialogue and uh, it has a, I prefer things like to answer the question that came up originally. Like I prefer to have things that have a point. Uh, that's, that's my personal preference with podcasts. Like they need to be teaching somebody something. And if the goal is not to do that, then I, I disengage pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my personality type on that front. So ones that, that don't drive to me learning something, I, I unsubscribe because uh, I want podcasts to be a method of, you know, communication. Yeah, I, and, and I, I'm going to jump in there and say I agree with kind of both points of I listen to podcasts. If I like the people on there, they can kind of talk about anything and I'll go along within reason. Um, or I will listen to a podcast solely based on its content. But I'm more likely to be a spot listener than a weekly listener at that point. I will I will choose the episodes that serve whatever need it is that I have. Either I'm trying to teach myself something or um, it just puts me in a certain state of mind where I think differently or um, but, but less than episodic TV, if you will. Yeah, going back to the advertising or marketing piece, I mean, it does depend on your audience. So my original podcast, you know, was a VMware podcast and we talked about VMware products every week and people knew that that was a scoop and mm-hmm. there was enough people that wanted to like know more about <clears throat> VMware products and the portfolio was getting so broad that the podcast was really a good way to, to like touch base and, and while you're in the car, you know, catch up on what was going on in the world of VMware. Uh, there are certain companies that could get away with that. But I mean, if I would, I would still might listen to, there's a, actually a great product podcast that uh, that Amy and I were on uh, a couple of months back, virtually speaking, from the VMware tech marketing folks. And uh, it's great. It's about VMware technology, but it's a technologist talking about it. So it's kind of interesting. So it is, you can get away with it if your audience is open to it. But, um, you know, there are lots of other corporate podcasts that, that, that again, if, like Matt says, if it's not educating somebody on something, something that an audience wants to hear, uh, you know, then that's not a great place to start. What do you think of Cecilia? We we went a lot of places. Well, I, I think all of those are are great. So you talked about knowing your audience in terms of the audience that you're uh, attempting to reach. But if you're just launching a podcast, what uh, who's the the audience? I mean, do you build an audience before you broadcast? Well, there there are tricks to kind of like pre pre you know uh, preassemble your audience, but uh, it's like if you were starting a blog, who's the audience of your blog? Uh, yeah. uh, I would just say a firm yes, yeah. You you should have an audience, or you can have an audience. Maybe that audience is just yourself at first. Uh, if you're doing it, you know, out of self motivation of of building something that you want to run with, um, but you you know, you or me, we're a type of person that you could, you know, be a baseline for other people that could follow and want to subscribe. Um, yeah, that, that's my thought of it. I think some of the more successful ones or podcasts that pop up out of uh, nowhere onto my radar are ones that they have people that already have a decent social following to some degree, mm-hmm. but are then themed based on who they want to attract to it. So there's some based on the programming languages and following. There's some based on just the the technology groups that we're involved in, um, yeah, they they have. I agree that. To them. 
Yeah, it's the, it's your total addressable market. And sometimes you're wrong. Again, we were wrong to begin with. So go go podcast with those who are listening to you. Um, but I think you, you can form a target, but if you are wrong or if it isn't serving your purpose, then you pivot. Another piece of this that we haven't talked about is who's your host or who is your the per, who are your host and or hosts, right? Right. Um, you know how some people are better at blogging than others? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Podcasting is like that except, you know, <laughs> times 10. So there are some people who are who who are great on mic and who are funny and listen and whatever and there are some people who are not. So that's a that's a bit of a challenge and because more more of us have we have experienced writing and so you kind of uh over the course of your career you know you kind of know if you're a good writer or if you can write funny or if you're like blog often needs something a little bit looser than a corporate sales slick uh most of us don't know if we're going to be good on the on the mic or not and most of us haven't had time to develop those skills uh over time so that's actually the biggest one of the bigger headaches as you're thinking about starting a podcast, and as I work with corporate clients, right, I, I suddenly have sympathized with, uh, you know, with the producer of Good Morning America who just <laughs> wants to, like, fire all the hosts if it's not working because there's some weird <laughs> chemistry that, you know, if it's not working, I don't know how to fix it except by, right. by switching out the people. And unfortunately, if you're a small company and, like, you know, <laughs> your host isn't working, it's very hard to swap out, you know, to another host. So that's something to consider as well. Okay. I feel like <laughs> Cecilia has a spreadsheet on the other side, and she's filling in. You think she's the filling boxes. it in? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So well, I mean, well, yeah. Anyway, let's. Uh, so go on so is it? So what are so if I'm looking for a host, um, and I'm I'm looking out amongst um, the group that I have, you know what. What are the traits or what are the qualities that lend themselves t- toward a better host? Oh, damn. I know. I feel like we should uh, redirect that to uh, Greg and Eddie's podcast idol search on speaking in tech. <laughs> They're trying to solve that problem just now. Yeah, over the speaking. Over the speaking in tech podcast, they're holding auditions, kind of like uh, Regis yes. and Kelly did. Regis really, Kelly live, right? Yeah. They're they're trying to find new hosts. Um, it, uh, it it's somebody who's you know personable, who's vocal, who's verbal. It's somebody who's personable. Sometimes weird geeks can be great if they are the kind of weird geeks that talk a lot. There are there are a couple of celebrities in the in the Mac podcast sphere that. I think in person would just would I would not like to hang out with them, but on a podcast they can talk for forty minutes about like the resolution of a display and like go off mm-hmm. on some rant and they somehow like keep talking and they they're kind of polymaths and um, you know so they're also but but it works right it works it works in in uh, audio so um, you know it, yeah mm-hmm. and some people make great guests and maybe they don't back up enough to make it about somebody else to be um, an ongoing host. And I think you can listen for that too. If you've got video clips of people that you've worked with, that's a good indicator, kind of which role that they play. Um, But I think podcasting, it's often unexpected to your point, John, that it would almost be interesting if you were, if I were starting this process, I'm just brainstorming, getting a little handheld recorder and doing just some audio interviews and seeing who turns into a real guest and who kind of interviews you back and might have that host quality. Okay. 
Mm-hmm. I think more than one person on air is often good. You can have a single host if they're a really good interviewer, but otherwise you can balance it with two people that make any guest kind of more at ease. So, so much of it is putting whoever is on air at ease. Or, or maybe you have... Because then you or get maybe better have three content people for all of from you. you know slightly different but overlapping backgrounds. And- <laughs> that can work too. I mean, there's a reason that radio shows have more than one person, right? Because uh, they, they right. that way you can toss stuff back and forth to each other, and you start to learn each other's. You know, you start to get a shtick going. Um, it keeps the energy up, yeah, and and the shtick is is huge. I, I'm thinking like I, it come it's coming back down to like what what the the purpose of it is going to be. Like if you're going to try to build a bit of a theme behind it of like cult of personality um, and people want to listen to that person or if it's purely like a content stream, which I don't think podcasts are really great as being a pure content stream, but they, you can attempt to it to do so. And then you could structure like decent questions and just have somebody be that thing. But I, I don't know. I'm just kind of thinking about this out loud. And as I say that, I, I totally, I don't totally believe what I just stated. <laughs> This is like being an effective route to a podcast subscription. So, so Matt's like two okay. guests for one because he agrees and disagrees with himself. But you know, going back to, to theme, maybe we can close this 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 question up. Is you know, you, you'd like something that is probably of value to your listeners, your imagined listeners. Okay. Uh, if best, if it's evergreen, right? If it's not about news of the week, that way people can listen to it uh, six months down the line. You know, and um, and goes into some sort of, of uh, you know, some sort of depth that uh, they're not getting uh, elsewise, elsewhere, and is kind of amusing and uh, easy on the ears to listen to while you are in the car or walking your dog. Okay. Check box. Check. Check box. Check. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So what? So what else are you wondering? Well, I'm also wondering from a from a very almost tactical sense of getting started. You know, um, when I searched the interwebs looking for this, I found a lot of information and and a lot of different podcasts. Um, a lot of it though was fairly dated, um, 2012, 2013, 2014, and nothing very was very difficult to find anything really recent, but. You know, so if we're getting started, we're a group, you know, what are the basic things that we need to do? I mean, the the very basics. In terms of technical setup or? um, In terms of technical setup. um, Sure. Well, okay. So you you probably, look, you're probably going to have some sort of an interview show. You're probably going to have at least one host, maybe two interviewing different guests. That's kind of, that's kind of a standard format. You probably want it to, uh, oh, you are taking notes. You can listen to the recording, by the way. You know that. I know. Um, you, you probably want, uh, you know, you want it to come out on a regular cadence. In fact, uh, I was just talking to an editor the other day and, and he was berating me. He was, he was saying, well, the Geek Whisperers, the most important thing you guys do is you come out every week. And I was like, well. <laughs> yes, we yeah, do. No. Wait, John, you, we'll train you. Just what? go, yes, we do. <laughs> anyway, uh, oh, 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 and, uh, regular cadence is usually important for a lot of podcasts. Um, and then, uh, you, you know, you need some sort of uh, microphones and you can start with the very inexpensive ones. Um, we'll probably, in this, uh, in the show notes here, the Geek Whisperers, I'll put a couple links to some microphone guides. Um, you know, they start at 60 bucks, 
uh, and then they go up from there. Uh, it's best if you have a pretty good microphone, at least a $60 microphone, uh, and they go up from, you can spend an insane amount of money. Uh, you, you need, um, most of them, the cheap ones, you know, inexpensive ones work with USB. If you go a level up, then you can, you know, use a more, you get a little cleaner sound with, a with a more professional, uh, connector. But that then requires, you know, like an extra $100 box to hook it up to your computer. You need something to record it with, either a digital recorder that takes some sort of an input, or uh, most people often start with a laptop. You need uh, recording software, which could be Audacity, or there's other free things on, uh, on Windows PC. You need some way of recording remote guests, which is, uh, we, just, we still use Skype, although there's some other options. Um, and then, uh, you need, you can use the free, you can use free audacity. You can use free garage band. You can, um, uh, you need to edit, you know, you need to edit it up, which, uh, almost anybody can learn how to do. I've, you know, I've trained almost anybody to do it. And then you need to spit out an MP3. So that's the first, that's the production step. Did I leave anything out? Level later. Uh, Geek whispers. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple of tools that we keep in the, mm-hmm. the tool pod the tool pod uh no that's not the phrase at all is now the tool pod what kind of a garage are you do you have you are for you're an alien you're from some i am a pod person damn it you caught me it's taken over 100 episodes but i'm actually a pod um there are some like uh basic syndication things like setting up the rss feed in itunes and we also publish to stitcher um and then we're we're using a couple tools like libsense or uh podbean have been handy uh we but blueberry has actually been the thing that handles the show notes for us so that they're all rich text when you're looking at it in itunes and stitcher um and we'll link to all these uh i've got like a little cheat sheet i keep around and uh yeah it it ends up coming together from that and and self-hosting is nice uh using wordpress or you can use one of the other services we were just talking about and pay a little money to have it hosted for you um, but like, yeah, you got to figure out where you want to put it. It's like any other content you're going to create on the internet. There's some technical questions of what's my name, where am I going to put it and who, who will find it there? Uh, where else do I need to syndicate it so that they find it? Yeah. And at it's, at it's basic, uh, it, a podcast is really kind of an RSS feed. So you need some sort of a host that can spit out an RSS feed. Uh, the best host costs under $10 a month, and then they also give you some good stats because uh, podcast downloads, podcasts, you can't tell when someone actually listens to a podcast, but you can tell when they download it. But you do need to do some um, a little bit of uh, cleanup uh, in terms of the stats. They These hosts correct for robots and for partial downloads and for multiple downloads and things like that because you'd like to have an accurate representation of how many people are actually listening to your podcast or at least have downloaded it. on Stitcher, is there anywhere else that you should, where your pod, where you should list your podcast so that it can be found? Well, the good news is iTunes uh, lets people take their directory. So most other podcast directories are pull from iTunes. Okay. Um, there are, uh, uh, Stitcher has its own thing. There are a few others. There's a few radio show, radio kind of streaming oriented uh, providers that kind of have their own directories that you can register with. Uh, Stitcher does grab your files and rehost them, so it, some people don't like that. Google Play just opened up. Uh, I don't have any podcasts in there, although I'm supposed to. The, the, the so they've opened up, and there's another place to list it. But again, uh, somebody like uh, Libsyn or uh, Blueberry can handle all that for you. 
But there, okay. there, if once you're in iTunes, you're in eighty percent of the, the the market. The I, I think actually iTunes, I, the stats come. I, I've heard the stats recently. I think iTunes is actually like sixty percent of the market or something like that, and then and then it gets smaller and smaller from there. And I think it's an interesting piece of content in that you have to think of it two ways. To your point, the the sort of iTunes covering the 80% model. So the actual where do podcasts live and breathe and make it easy to consume. And then the flip side is the content marketing piece. So what sort of, are you going to do ads to support it to kind of drum up business? Are you going to tweet about it? Are you going to blog about it? Where are the other places that you're going to drive um, listenership? And is it are you going to drive toward a single episode or subscription for the series? And I think that varies mm-hmm. too, depending on what your what your outcome and what you're trying to drive from a marketing perspective. So how do you engage people to talk about it and to recommend it? Because I think the the power of recommendations is never stronger than with podcasts because it is such an intimate. Mm-hmm. Um, activity and people who listen to them, and John, I think you've quoted these statistics before. Listen to an outsized amount of them, so those folks become curators and people who recommend. Um, and you know, or as simple as you want somebody able to be able to share it in a one-off way, because right. that's the right method. Okay. So, are there any pitfalls, things that you should avoid? <laughs> There's so many. That's another podcast, my friend. No, I think I just got amied. Like, that's. (laughs) (laughs) What would you never do again? (laughs) What would you never do again? Uh, I I think the, the, if I had to choose just one, I think the flag to bring up is um, host management, actually, or guest management, excuse me. So, uh, managing guests on a show is not a pitfall so much as a, a continual challenge. Like, it becomes a scheduling challenge. It becomes a content challenge of verifying that the person is going to not just uh, kind of diatribe or do a sales pitch for their project or product. Um, And it's constantly, uh, I mean, we've evolved quite a lot as a team uh, that we kind of sense that we're going off off where we want to. And we have ways of navigating back onto a track where we want to be on. And we've been asked recently by, by people if we want to have their guests come on by, I don't even know what kind of people are doing this, but some ARPR type people. And we just say no, that it's, it's not right for us because we know when we get off that trail of talking to people that we know are interesting and talking about things that are the next topic, we, we lose our, our voice quite a bit. Um, so I'd say just the considering the, the management of guests uh, and the curation of that, it, it becomes quite a big part of the success or failure of an episode. I agree. And and guest management in terms of, and speaking with my video hat on, <laughs> video, video form is typically so much shorter than audio form. Not that there aren't, audio just tends to linger a bit longer. The conversation tends to go. So if you have a video guest that goes off, you know, on a diatribe or, or it becomes too pitchy, you can often reshoot that segment um, and sort of bring it back into line, get what you need out of it. But with audio, I think it is really important to set the rules up up front because you don't want to be um, either if it's too pitchy or too technical or not technical enough, you need to course correct sort of through it, which is again, important hosting duty. Mm -hmm. Um, Because you can't, 
it's painful. I won't tell, but uh, there was definitely an episode recently where if you haven't hit record, um, we had to re-record a podcast because we hadn't hit record, and it's happened to all of us. And it's very different content the second time. Mm-hmm. It's not the same of, as video when you can just go, oh, okay, you know, and get your energy up and you do it again. You know, a hundred three-minute takes is nowhere near as painful as two 20-minute takes, I've found. <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Huh. I guess I'm going to go with content, too, in that um, try to do less and make it more interesting. I mean, podcasting is kind of where blogs were 10 years ago, mm-hmm. uh, even though podcasts were around 10 years mm-hmm. ago. There is, uh, there, we're, we're, hitting an era, we're hitting a time of big growth, um, in part because of serial, in part because of smartphones. Uh, you have a couple of hundred thousand, four, three, four hundred thousand podcasts out there. So that's starting to be enough, right? That it's kind of hard to find your audience. Uh, discoverability is really terrible. So you're going to have to find your audience, and you, you don't have that long to, to to grab them. And so you're you're looking for kind of this long term game. So while I'd love to say, oh, just try eight episodes and see what you should, you know, see if it works or not. You know, I've also heard podcasters say, well, I really hit my stride when I hit episode 50. So, you know, you need to set expectations in your company that, like, this is, a, this is one of our content marketing things we're doing for content marketing. We're forming a relationship with some audience, some of our audience and our customers. You know, we're in, we're in it for the long game. So you have to be able to produce it cheaply enough and, um, and also then has to be interesting. So anything you can do to make it interesting. <laughs> so just make it interesting. That's my, yeah, that's my yeah, tip. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. But you know, it is, it, and, and stick it out for the long term, right? Try it for a year. And so that most people, I mean, I go and I work with corporate clients and, and things like that on podcasting. And, you know, we're, we're starting actually to work on some more non, very non-corporate ones because uh, that's very hard for a VP of marketing to say, to hear is like, okay, well, we are not going to know if this is really going to work for a year or not. You know that's a that's a tough that's a tough ROI to swallow sometimes. Hmm. Make it interesting, so, unless I know. Yeah, unless of, unless of course you're GE and you, right. you've got a million dollars, in which case you can partner with an existing podcasting company and you know shoot it out that way. But most people don't have that luxury. <laughs> you alluded to some similarities between blogging and podcasting. Uh, how would you say that they're similar? today and how um how different and how should the um because i'm i'm thinking that a lot of the people that uh i'm interacting with uh, are used to the concept of blogging but are fairly new to podcasting i do you guys want to take that i i don't i'm i have ideas but yeah i um, think that thinking blogging blogging is an even more long form version that I think you have to be a little bit pithier with a podcast. And at the same time, you don't have to go in knowing all the answers. Mm-hmm. I'll put it that way too. I think great blogs often ask questions, but they convey information in a, um, a more sort of classic okay. oratorical style. If I were to make them both audio pieces, it would be more the soliloquy than the, uh, than the back and forth. And I think we discovered that a lot on this podcast and certainly ones I listen to. It is the back and forth. It is the interchange. The ones that are truly interesting, um, even if we will look at sort of a 
the one that m- many people have listened to, Serial. Um, you know, breaking news with that recently of of it, it had an impact on on the justice system even. But it, it was, and some people have argued that Serial, the podcast that tells the story of a, uh, it's a crime story, um, had an agenda, et cetera. But you still get the feeling of investigation and of questioning and of um, that mm-hmm. that back and forth and gathering the pieces. I, I think that's the difference. Blogs, I think we we read to have come to a conclusion. And, and maybe podcasts are, there's a conclusion, but we often are left with more questions or the path we get there is conversational. Hmm. Matt? You, Matt, you said that pod, you like podcasts that are educational. And I'd agree, but they're not educational quite in the same way as a blog. Yeah, but that, that's what's interesting to me. Like, I think uh, comparing across the mediums, it's really, they, they have similar goals. Or it, it's, a, it's a piece of content that you can use to do different things. Um, and I mean, during the rise of, of blogs and, you know, pretty much 10 years ago now, like my favorite ones to listen to are ones where people are kind of exploring an idea very much like we do on podcasts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, so there's definitely, a, you don't have to have like a definitive conclusion and you don't have to like show in how to per se. Uh, maybe that's why I never got a lot of blog traffic. I, I prefer to have <laughs> conversation. <laughs> um, and that's, that might be why I prefer podcasts because it, it does, uh, does lend itself well to like an open discussion and a discovery moment as opposed to uh, a specific step-by-step process. So uh, it's a long way of saying like, I don't know how to compare them very well, but I do think I'm in love with podcasts because of the intimacy uh, and the, ability to explore out loud. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I would, I would say, I would agree with you absolutely, Matt, in that, and, and tell Cecilia that, right, podcasting is a little more about, it is more about emotion, it is more mm-hmm. about a conversation, it is more about getting to know some people, whereas podcasting uh, or blogging at this point, right, it's, you're trying to, it's probably somebody who got there via Google search, mm-hmm. uh, they want an answer, uh, it's often, I mean, you're trying to teach them something there, but often more factual. And if I, if I hit a blog post that's kind of telling a long story, at this point, especially if I came in via Google, that's not the right answer for me, right? right. I just wanted to know how to set this thing or, you know, what are the four things I should know before I buy a widget or, you know, <laughs> that sort of thing. Um, or how to set it up or which is the best one, right? Whereas a podcast is definitely, yeah, you're you're entering into more of a you're you're going to sit down on our front porch for a while. So, as we uh we're almost at time, and I'm I'm going to flip the tables a little bit um, as I want to do because this is usually when I would I would ask the what is a uh, one thing you would never do again, but Cecilia maybe uh, ask me questions on DM on a week I'm looking for podcast guests. <laughs> Though I hope this we haven't a. Uh, uh, putting you putting you behind the mic. I actually think we found a new uh, podcast host, Cecilia. I think you've got a, a talent for it. And when you're looking for hosts, you should uh, consider yourself. So, but I will ask. I you, don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> but I will ask you. What do you think the biggest barrier is to people either launching a podcast or becoming podcast listeners, depending on which side of the mic they want to end on? What do you think that? that barrier to entry is? I think there, you know, there's a little fear. 
in terms of, I think there's fear, you know, when you asked me to participate, I mean, I had to seriously, <laughs> I was like, whoa, it's out of my comfort zone because, you know, I like to be behind the text really well. Uh, and it's difficult to speak. And I think when you're on a podcast, it is much more conversational. Uh, and the way you participate in a conversation is you listen to respond rather than having um, a script or an outline or a format to go by. And I think that that can be very difficult for people um, to approach participating in. Now, from listening to a podcast, um, I think one of the difficulties for me is th that I'm typically on the go, but I don't typically say, okay, I want to listen to something. I find that when I listen to the Geek Whispers um, podcast, I find myself talking to a recording, <laughs> <laughs> talking to the recording. And yelling, I, yelling at us. No, not yelling, but I find myself, you know, kind of being there, you know, commenting on the conversation and knowing that you can't hear me. <laughs> so, um, but I, and I think that I, I think that I would listen more if there were more podcasts. I think that I felt that I were, I was interested in. Um, and I think the discovery process is, is you know, is difficult in terms of saying, okay, well, what's something that I'm specifically going to be interested in um, as a social media marketer, you know, doing what I do. Uh, I'm going to be attracted to that subject, but I'm, I need to find, you know, multiple casts so that I listen at one time. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that makes sense because it sounds even random kind of to me. But, uh. No, it's very it's very personal. It's very idiosyncratic, right? There are all sorts of cultural podcasts. There are all right. sorts of, of, of technical podcasts. There are all sorts of social media podcasts uh, too, right? And I listen to some. I like to listen to others. Again, I don't really like the hosts or, or the guests who kind of aren't quite targeted towards me. So, um, you know, one, one, one of the ones I was listening to just had really too many B2C guests on, and I mm -hmm. really wanted to hear B2B tips and, and the stuff that they were talking about, like with teenagers and Instagram just weren't going to work for me. So, you know, that, so I stopped listening. So it's, it is personal. Uh, hmm. So much. To hmm. At least it wasn't Snapchat. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel kind of dissatisfied with how much we've dug into podcasts because there's so much to podcasts that we haven't even scratched the surface of. So hmm. I don't know. Thanks for reminding us that this isn't easy, and we're we're pretty excited that it, it's still going here. So, Cecilia, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, if people want, thank you so much. Absolutely. If people want to follow up, where can they find you on the interwebs? You know, you can find me on Twitter at Cecilia Taylor, and that's C E C E L I A. Very much appreciate you coming on the show. It is always a pleasure to talk shop with you. Thank and, you. Uh, I appreciate it. Really great questions. Again, you've got us all thinking. So now we just want to podcast about podcasting some more. So thank you for coming on and asking all these questions. I think we will. Um, I think one of the other challenges is getting uh, a certain level of consistency because it's it's more than just doing one episode. Um, I think that there has to be a cadence, um, but it's also getting people and convincing people that we need to have a regular cadence. That's a bit of a challenge. I think we'll be. Weekly content, it's, uh, it's killed many a, many a man and woman. <laughs> All right, until next time, this is Geek Whispers over and out.